Okay, so we're looking at Talking Jesus. Lawrence introduced us last week. And the point of this course is to um, equip, to encourage us to talk to people about Jesus. And one of the central things that it encourages us to do in this course is to pick five people who we pray for that they will get to know Jesus. But then we also think of what practical steps we could take to, to make that happen. Maybe a conversation that we could have or something that we could invite them to. And so as I'm talking this morning, you might, might want to be asking Jesus who those five people might be. And through the different weeks on the course, we'll look at kind of how to share the story of Jesus and the cross, how to share your own story. Um, there's really practical stuff to help you do this. But this morning, we're focusing on what stops us and what motivates us. Now, if we're going to tell people about Jesus, we need to be really honest with ourselves and each other about what stops us talking about Jesus. And I think that if we're, if we're honest, that one of the key reasons is just that we're embarrassed, that we're worried that we're going to look a bit weird. And if I'm honest, the People do think it's sometimes a bit weird, depending on what they've been brought up in. But a surprising number of people don't think it's weird at all. And maybe for them it will make sense of your, your behaviour or your choices. But we need to be really honest with ourselves and other people if what's holding us back is actually just that we feel a bit awkward and weird. For some of us, there's real fear. So embarrassed is kind of the fear of looking foolish or silly, But there might be some real fears for some people in some parts of the world. Their lives are in danger when they talk about Jesus. I think it's unlikely for us in our culture that that's the case. But there might be some of us here who um, might risk funding. Or it might change how people view us at work. There might be some real fears. I think some of the fears that we have are maybe... Not fair in that if one person prays with a patient at work and that patient makes a complaint, that might make the news. But for that one person, there might be 20, 100, 500 who offer to pray with a patient and that is really warmly received. So we need to be really honest about what we're afraid of, whether that's a real fear or not, because being very honest, Jesus does ask us to sometimes put ourselves in danger to sometimes miss out on promotion, to risk a relationship to tell people about Jesus. It might be respect for other people, and this is a a tricky one. Some of my best friends um, follow other religions or are committed to an atheist worldview. I don't particularly want them to try and persuade me of what they believe, so then is it fair to try and persuade them of what I believe? And I'm still working through this one. I think where I'm up to on respect is if you're acting out of respect is that you can pray and pray and pray for people because if I'm wrong and they're right, then me praying to an imaginary God won't do any harm. If I'm right and they're wrong, then I'm praying to a God who knows and loves them and that could change everything. It might be lack of opportunity. Maybe you don't know any non-Christians. Maybe all of your social circle, all of your family know Jesus and that sounds in some ways like a great place to be but we need to be looking for opportunities 
And I would think that for most of us, in our daily lives, at work, um, when we get our post delivered, when we go to the shops, that we will be having contact with people who don't know Jesus. It might be a lack of confidence, maybe just in talking to people at all. Some of us find that really hard and really scary to talk to people that we don't know. But it might be that you lack confidence because they might ask you a difficult question and you're still really wrestling with that. So they say, but why does God allow suffering? And you think, I don't know, I'm still trying to work that one out. So it could be a lack of confidence in talking to people. Or maybe a lack of resources. Maybe you think, well, I could talk to them about Jesus, but then if they're interested, I don't really know what to, what to do and I don't really have anything to invite them to. And that's something that we, as a church, are really trying to do our best to give you resources, like this course would be a really key example, but also events and opportunities, house groups that are open to people who aren't followers of Jesus services that are really welcoming because it's really important that we've got the resources that we need so when we're honest with ourselves when we say to God why is it that I don't talk to people about you is it just that I don't get around to it I'm too tired I'm embarrassed we need to be really honest with God because if we're not then God can't address that and change that if we're not honest with each other then we can't encourage each other and pray for each other But we also need to think about what motivates us. And I don't know what motivates you to tell people about Jesus. Maybe it's just that you think, oh, if I get them to church, and then they'll put a bit more giving in the pot. Or maybe you think, you know, I just fancy them coming along to church, so they can give me a lift. I don't know what motivates you to tell people about Jesus. But the two big things, I think, are about that we love Jesus and that we love others. And loving Jesus is, for me, the biggest motivator. And if I ever get demotivated, if I'm not talking to people about Jesus, then I know that I need to go back and spend some time reading my Bible. Worshipping. We don't worship in church just to sing songs and, you know, pack out the service. It's because when we worship, we put Jesus in his right place and us in our right place. And that when we're singing, my Jesus, my Saviour, there's none like you then we want to tell people about that amazing thing that we've got. That Jesus isn't just life-changing. Getting a dishwasher was life-changing. Jesus is life-transforming. The words the Bible uses to talk about what happens when we meet Jesus is about transformation, about being born again, about death to life, about new hearts, about minds being transformed. That when we look up to Jesus, when we see who he is, the creator of the world who knows you and loves you and died for you, that wants to be in your every day, prompting you, encouraging you, healing you, providing for you. Jesus is amazing. The more we look at him, the more natural it is that we want to tell people about him. So if you're feeling demotivated and you kind of feel like evangelism is low down on your priority list, then I would suggest spending some time reading your Bible and worshipping. Fall back in love with Jesus. And then the other big priority is loving others. Because of who Jesus is, because he transforms our life, he makes it utterly different, that when we love other people, we want the best for them. 
So even for my friends who follow other religions or are atheists, I believe that Jesus is best for them. And because I love them, I want what's best for them. And it's in loving others that many of us find our motivation for telling people about Jesus. And there are different kinds of evangelism. Some people like to go out on the street and talk to people they haven't known. I know for me and for most of the stories that I've heard, that people get to know Jesus in the context of a relationship of someone who loves them and knows them. And so, if you're struggling to think of people who you care about and get to know Jesus, then get to know those people better. Because the more you get to know them, the more that you care about them, the more you'll want what's best for them. And it's, it's easy sometimes to kind of get into this battle of what motivates us versus what stops us. If I just do enough thinking about who Jesus is, that will outbalance, that I feel embarrassed. And, and there is some truth to that, but I think that makes it sound a bit like evangelism about talking Jesus. It's like some homework that we get sent out to do for God. That we go out on our own to tell people about Jesus and then we, we come back with the work that we've done. That's not how it works. That when we, I was reading in my own Bible study this week the feeding of the 5,000 and we're stuck by the verse when you get this slightly scrappy lunch for thousands of people. And it's like, we've got five loaves of bread and two fish and Jesus says... Bring them here to me. Bring them to me, and I'll show you what I can do. And that I think Jesus says to us, not go out and do your homework, tell people about Jesus, and then come back and tell them how you're getting on. He says, bring me your embarrassment, bring me your fear, bring me your lack of confidence. Bring me the love that you've got for me, and the love that you've got for others. Bring me the opportunities that you can see, and the ones that you want to see. Bring me your job. Bring me your conversations each morning, each night. Talk to me. Talk me through your day. What are you going to be doing? Bring them to me. And as we bring what we've got honestly to Jesus, that he transforms it. And it's not that he makes it enough. He makes it more than enough. We don't have to do this on our own. We do it with the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the grave, living in us. And so when we tell people about Jesus, we have all of Jesus' power and authority and love alive and living in us. Bring them here to me, because we're not on our own. And the other reason that I think that kind of view of going out and telling people about Jesus without him is so unhelpful, it's because it suggests those five people that you might have in mind don't for a minute think that you want them to get to know Jesus more than Jesus wants them to get to know him. Don't for a minute think that you know them better, love them more, care more about where they're going for eternity than Jesus does. He knows their history. He knitted them together. He created them for a purpose. That when we go out to talk to people, when we go into communities or schools or work, we don't take Jesus. Jesus is there. He's already working. So sometimes what we need to see is not what do you want me to do, but where are you already working? 
I don't have any statistics on it, but I would be interested to hear your stories on the number of times that you've spoken to people about Jesus and found out that it turns out they've got another Christian in their life. Someone who's already praying for them. But often you plucking up the courage, going with Jesus to talk to someone, is an answer to someone else's prayer. A great aunt that's been praying faithfully for years. A neighbour who's praying. A colleague. A daughter. A sister. But you might just move into a new house and meet your neighbours. Don't be surprised if you're not the first Christian in their life. God cares about these people and then gets to know him more than we do. But it's not us going and doing work and presenting it to God. God is already doing the work and he invites us to join in through prayer and through taking steps, through taking bold and courageous, gentle steps to telling people about Jesus. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then we'll, we'll share in communion or share what we do. Father, your spirit lives in us. It is at work in us as individuals and as a community. Give us ears to hear who it is you want us to pray for over these coming weeks. Let us be surprised by the names that you put on our hearts or the faces. And as we pray, as we come honestly to you, with all of our embarrassment and our fear and our lack of confidence. Help us to look at you, to fall more in love with you. And I pray that this week, for every person here who wants to talk about Jesus to their friends and family, that they would get an opportunity this week that just really blows them away. That is a reminder that we do not do this on our own. Amen.